Welcome to Voice of Reason Radio, your host Chris Honholtz and Richard Story joining you on this March 6, 2021. Folks, thanks for being with us. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. We've we've always been blessed by the fact that people continue to tune in and continue to listen to this program. Nearly five years, Rich, nearly five years that we've been doing this. Next month we'll we'll uh, make it put a nice tidy bow on on five years of just t- trying to do this every week. The first few years really was kind of hit and miss. <laughs> but for nearly five years, you guys have been with us on this journey, and we are so grateful for that. Uh, thank you for continuing to listen. Thank you for continuing to share the program. Would like to remind you, we are part of the Christian Podcast community, and uh, that is just a wonderful collection of bro- uh, sound brothers and sisters in Christ who use this kind of means, this kind of platform to put the things of God out on the airwaves or and the internet, and uh, we're blessed to be a part of that. And if you missed it last week, go check last, last week's show. We put the link to the podcast community in there, and uh, you guys can check out all the great shows that are on there. there you're not going to find a bad one. Go check them out. But we are uh, blessed to be a part of that, so co- please go check out Christian Podcast Community. You can even search that just in your Google, or if you uh, really want to just put them all in one place, a lot of them, because of the way Andrew and the, the folks have set it up, a lot of the episodes are actually on the Christian Podcast Community podcast feed. So you can actually go into, say, your Apple podcast app, check out, look for Christian Podcast Community, and if you want to sample them, you can actually listen to a whole bunch of different programs that will just continually pop up as a new one is added to the list. So um, most of them, I think, will do that. I don't know if ours ever does that because we're actually still on the Podbean server, which I don't think they can pull over onto their particular setup but this way you at least get a taste of the different programs that are out there and you can uh, you can listen and tune in so thank you for be uh, uh, being with us thank you for spending time with us we're so grateful we hope that last week's program certainly uh, you know maybe maybe made you stop and think and so hopefully this week we'll do that again today uh, this time around we'll get you focused on the idea that there is one true voice of reason and that is in fact the word of God and Everything as a Christian should be funneled through that. We never, never, never should be bringing in our preconceived notions first and then going to the scriptures. Rather, the scriptures should challenge our preconceived notions and we should be the ones willing to change when we are faced with them. So hopefully that's what we will accomplish in tonight's program. So Rich, how are you doing this week, brother? Disgusted. Absolutely disgusted. Okay. And let's go. Let's get some elaboration here. (laughs) Well, it's becoming more and more evident how normalized sexual immorality has become among the professing American church. There was an article that barely, I mean barely, made a blip on the news cycle radar that just in today's time, it was almost like, okay, that's nothing, that's not news, that doesn't even require much addressing or attention, but it was the announcement that Bethany Christian Services would be providing adoption services to the LGBTQ community throughout the country. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, seriously, I saw it appear on a couple of different social media sites, and like I said, it was barely even a blip. And I made the mistake of <laughs> opening the links and then 
I proceeded to read comments. And sadly, on a couple of the postings, all, just about every one of the comments was applauding their decision, applauding yeah. what they're doing, applauding the fact that they're embracing the LGBTQ plus community and they're going to be, you know, putting these children and helping put these children in loving homes and loving families. And just the simple fact that that didn't cause more Christians to step back and say, what in the world is going on within Christian ministries? And it didn't happen. I mean, it was, like I said, it was barely a blip on the radar, but it's something we're going to be facing more and more and more as this culture declines even further and falls even further away from the Word of God, including those that profess to be Christians. Right. Because, like you said at the start of the show, the Bible is supposed to guide and inform us. We're not supposed to take our preconceived notions and try to make the Bible fit around what we want it to fit, because that's like trying to put a round peg into a square hole. It does not work. But. That 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 is that is my initial reaction and thought for this week is that we should be disgusted at what's going on, not even with just with this issue, but overall. And it's not just the issue of homosexuality. I'm talking all forms mm-hmm. of sexual immorality in itself because that has become normalized within the American church, at least the professing church. Now I know that we have solid brothers and sisters that are true born again believers and believe the Bible and, you know, are fighting sin and not embracing it. But even at that, the temptations around us are growing more and more and more every day, especially in the realm of sexual immorality. And when the world and the this country is applauding such depravity and filth that I cannot even repeat when a song is named Song of the Year Yeah, that is so perverse I can't even repeat the title of it. That in itself should cause the American church to wake up and realize that they are failing to proclaim the Word of God. Now, before I go any further, <laughs> and if you haven't decided or haven't figured out yet, tonight's topic is going to be Bethany Christian. Christian services and and some of the issues and, and quote-unquote services they provide. But before I get into the background on this organization, would you like to add anything before I start? <laughs> I, no, uh, brother, I, I absolutely agree with you with what's going on in our culture. And I, you're right, when, when things like a Christian organization does a complete flip and says, yeah, we've always adopted out to heterosexual couples. And if and if we came into a situation where it was a homosexual couple that wanted to adopt, we, ref- we would refer them to another agency. And then goes, eh, now we're going to completely flip on this. And now just adopt them out. And then, of course, there's the, the comment about, you know, uh, Serving children should not be controversial, which we'll get into, which is one of the comments made by Bethany. Um, and that that just there's almost no reaction except for within our circles. You know, the, those that listen to this program, of course, most likely reacted like you or like like I did and went, "Oh my, this is not good." 
but the, when the world at large applauds it and and those within the professing church applaud it and and don't see a problem with it well it just it, it evidences that we are, are a culture given over to a depraved mind you know paul in 1 corinthians 6 you know starting in verse 9 or do you not do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of god do not be deceived neither the sexually immoral nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Very clear that there are certain things that you cannot do and claim to be a Christian. And Paul goes on in verse 11, And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. This idea that, well, you know, there, there, are, there are people who are LGBT and are Christians. Not according to this. And yet, we, as you said, the church has accepted this hook, line, and sinker in, in so many cases. And it will be used against us. And I think we'll talk about tonight how st- stuff like this will be used to dictate from outside the church, will be used to dictate how the church is to practice. And I, I'm with you. It's it's disgusting. I know there's going to be an argument about, well, what about because of loving home? We'll talk about that. But this is a Christian, at least on the sign, a Christian organization that has said, this is an issue of doctrine that we're not going to argue with. We're we're just gonna we're gonna have that broad tent mentality. That really should cause us to ask a lot of questions, a lot of questions. So um, that that'd be the only thing I would add to that tonight. So, but go right ahead, brother. Why don't you start with what you know with who Bethany is, because some people may not know. Well, the 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 parent company or parent organization, the title of it is Bethany Christian Services, and I'm reading from their their own website. Inspired by faith, for more than 75 years, our faith has inspired us to serve children close to home and around the world. Why do we do this work? Because there's a sobering gap between the way God sees people and the way the world sees people. Until everyone sees people the same way God does, until every person is loved, connected, and empowered, people need to stand up, speak out, and advocate loudly and courageously. So that's what we do. Our core beliefs are simple. We love God and we love people. Okay, Um, doing a little more digging, I won't go through and read every page, but I've never, never, I'm yet to find what type of faith they're discussing. I, I never found a gospel presentation. I never found anything like a core belief or whether this organization is based on Catholicism or what. I do know that it has a link that gives their history and origin. And to sum that up, it was started by two ladies basically in the 50s that got a daycare license that started bringing in children, and it grew from there. So at no point in time did I ever read that this was part of a church ministry, that this was an extension of any church ministry. Basically, it was two professed Christian women that decided that they were going to start trying to help and care for children in need. And 
this did originate more than 75 years ago, and that's in a very, very important point in this. It started 75 years ago. Yes, sin was just as prevalent then as it is now, but the big difference was if you profess to be a Christian 75 years ago, everyone within Christianity, they may have had differences when it came to doctrine, but everyone understood that this is sin because the Bible determines it to be sin. The questions and the, and the conflicts we face today were not prevalent 75 years ago. And I know 75 years may sound like a long time, but really it's not in the overall scheme of things. That's really a short amount of time that the professing church has degraded to the point to where it's at today. To even 75 years ago, the discussion we're going to have tonight would have been unthinkable. I mean, mm-hmm. it would have been that preposterous. But going on about Bethany, it goes on to discuss its accreditation and its its involvement not only in the United States, but they are an international organization, and they've received high praises and awards from different humanitarian service organizations. And that right there is enough to make someone say, eh, <laughs> okay, this, but keep in mind, this is a Christian organization. Generally, when we hear about these humanitarian organizations, they're generally a secular organization in its creation, in itself. But going on, and this is still from their website, vulnerable kids in the U.S. When children are in need of a family, we respond in the U.S. We protect vulnerable children through essential services, including pregnancy counseling, foster care, emergency care, and adoption. We believe family is the essential human care structures, and we work to provide every child the support, safety, and connection they deserve. But one thing that's not as known, if you are familiar with this organization, that you may not realize, they do a lot of work with refugees and immigrants. And it goes on to say, for for refugees fleeing danger, the search for safety can be extremely challenging and too often people become numbers in a system that can feel impossible to, neg- to navigate. That's why we guide, protect, advocate for, and support refugees. In the U.S., we offer resettlement and continued support services in strategic locations. Now, why is that important in the overall topic of tonight? Well, we'll get to it in a moment. And finally, it says their mission, Bethany demonstrates the love and compassion of Jesus Christ by protecting children, empowering youth, and strengthening families through quality social services. Okay, that sounds well, well, good and fine on paper, but you know the question should be: You claim to be Christian, but what is it? Do you, what do you actually believe? What are you actually mm-hmm. teaching? What are you actually doing? And Chris is going to share about couple of articles and we'll talk briefly about some things that have led Bethany to make this decision about opening up adoption services to the homosexual community. So I'll hand it over to you now, brother. Yeah. And, you know, just one thing I'm noticing as I'm looking at their, their about us page while you're going through that, they do quote one, one verse from, from the Bible, Matthew 24, 
540. You, you, may, you may not recognize the way this is written because it comes from the message. I'm telling you the solemn truth. Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it to me. Um, yeah, that's... <laughs> That right there, it red should flag. should be a really huge, huge red flag when somebody is the quoting, message or the or the you, that you're quoting it from the message. Um, okay. That 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 really should be a huge red flag, especially given the way that's phrased. And, and if you're not if you're not familiar with that passage, or you should be, and if you're listening to us, you and you don't know this passage, you need to stop listening to us. You need to go read your Bible. Um, but in the English stand, uh, excuse me, Matt in Matthew, oh, I just <laughs> fat fingered and pulled up the wrong one. But um, in, in Matthew twenty five forty, and I'm going to give this to you from the the English Standard Version. My fingers got ahead of my my tight, uh, my brain. And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of my brothers, you did it to me. Now there's a little bit a little bit, you know, more to that, isn't there? It's it's uh, not people who were overlooked or ignored. It was that the, you did it to the least of these. And he's talking about those, of course, who were in need. For I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. And he's speaking to those who claim to be Christians, who did not... Uh, have works that were consistent with their profession of faith. And so he said, when you did these, when the, you know, of course, those who are, uh, excuse me, I, I'm speaking about, uh, a little ahead of myself. He's speaking to those whose, whose actions match their profession of faith. I apologize. Let me uh, rephrase that. He's speaking to those at the final judgment who, whose actions match their uh, profession of faith because they say, well, when did we see you do this? And when did we do these things for you? And he said, truly, as I say, uh, I say to you, you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. So when Christians act like Christians should to fellow Christians, we are evidencing the love of God, evidencing the love of Christ. Um, it, it is not a generic uh, people who are overlooked and ignored, but rather to the least of these, my brothers, you did, you know, then we do it to him. And of course, we re, if we, re, we reject doing those things, if we don't care for those people, then Christ says uh, that we did not do those things to him and he will uh, turn us away into eternal punishment. So there's a little bit more to that. But when I see a, a, an organization who says that they're sharing the love of Jesus Christ by protecting children, and then they go to this they, they, they use, it's not even a translation, it, you know, the best thing you can call the message is a paraphrase, and they use it because it says, well, you're, you're looking out for the people who are overlooked or ignored. That tells me something about <laughs> their, their, their Christian beliefs. Um, they're a little loose. Let's just put it that way. So, okay, and go ahead. I'll, let, me, let me add this real quick. I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I had forgotten and... As far as I can remember, digging through this this week, that was the only reference to Scripture I can recall seeing on any of their pages. Yeah, just doing a quick look at myself, I'm, I'm seeing the same thing you are. It, 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 I have no problem with a service that's not a church. Its primary focus is talking about their services. Got no issue with that. But if you're going to bill yourself as a Christian services, there should be something about Christ in that. So... 
uh, might want it, but that's also, I think, going to play into what we talk about, what happened with this agency as we go through the show tonight. So let's start with um, Christianity Today. Um, I think it's Todd Friel that calls it Christianity Astray. I, that's a better name for that magazine. But they they wrote this article on, uh, this actually goes back to, this one's April 25th of, of 2019. And this New York Times article with regard to this uh, just came out this month. But um, the Christianity Today article talks about how Bethany... Uh, Christian Services uh, is the largest Christian adoption and foster agency in the U.S. And it states back then, they stated that they would begin placing foster children with same-sex couples couples for the first time after a legal battle in the home state of Michigan. And uh, this particular uh, fight stemmed out of uh, something that happened with a 2017 lawsuit from ACLU who were taking um, churches to ta- uh, churches to task for base? It was basically it was one of a string of battles challenging faith-based agencies' significant involvement in the foster care and adoption na- uh, nationwide, forcing officials to balance religious convictions with the minist- uh, of the ministries with the rights of protective parents. So it you know it basically talks about you know Bethany's involvement. In these in this particular lawsuit, and then the article that came out in the New York Times this week, March, uh, well, yeah, I guess this week, March first, by Ruth Graham, it says that one of the country's largest adoption and foster care agencies, Bethany Christian Services, announced Monday that it would begin providing services to LGBTQ parents nationwide, effective immediately. A major inflection point in the fraught battle over. Many faith-based agencies' long-standing opposition to working with same-sex couples. Now, let's. Why? Why would a a faith-based agency have an opposition to working with same-sex couples? Well, as you know, even Bethany stated in their had a 2007 statement that they defined as the Bible does. Marriage is between one man and one woman in a lifelong monogamous relationship. They affirmed, you know, Bethany, along with just about every other faith-based organization, defines the family the way the Bible does. With a man and a woman coming together, becoming one flesh, for you know, a, which is a picture of Christ and his church, and forming a family... And that is God's design. That's what the Bible teaches. Okay, you you can you can rewrite or reinterpret Scripture all you want, but it's very very clear. If you are an, an organization that calls itself Christian and you're dealing with families, it is it should not be shocking that a faith based organization says we believe the Bible's definition of what is a family. So this is a major. 180 degree turn basically going backward on what the Bible teaches that they will now begin providing services to homosexual quote families and I say quote because that you know as a Christian I'm going to stand by what the word of God says the world can redefine family however it chooses but as a Christian I cannot I am not free to do that go ahead Rich okay I have a question mm-hmm. all right 
That statement was in 2007. Right. Fast forwarding to this article in 2021, where they're opening up same-sex adoptions nationwide. Mm-hmm. What has happened to this organization between 2007 and 2021? Well, what and has I, led them down this path? I think that, that the start of it is this particular lawsuit that was uh, a, was originally filed, and uh, they were not, fa- you know, that has not been faring well. Uh, they that particular lawsuit is basically. Uh, affirming in this case Michigan's policy which says uh, if you're going to work with the uh, you know the state of Michigan on adoption and foster care placement you have to be willing to adopt out or place in foster care to LGBT homes and so this you know the Michigan put this into place along with other states I think Pennsylvania is referenced in this article and law a lawsuit started as a result and it has not gone well really i think for the um for the faith-based organizations because uh the these states are are kind of affirming or the you know the court cases are affirming the state's government contracts and saying you know if you're going to work with the government the government has the right to 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 set this therefore you have to do it that's essentially what's going on and so you have, in this case, Michigan telling Bethany and other faith-based organizations, "We will cancel your contracts. You're, you know, you do uh, adoption and foster care placement in our state. You have to be willing to put those kids in LGBTQ home, LGBTQ plus. I'm sorry, I'm losing track. Uh, homes, and that's where this has all stemmed out from." And since but then, that, you've got you, you, this has become the newest development. But but I'm hoping that our listeners picked up on this prior to me pointing it out. They in 2007, obviously, things were a lot different than they are today when it comes to culture and what is considered normal, not normal, legal, uh, you know, illegal. Since then, you know, the statement was made. Well, let's legalize homosexuality. What could go wrong? A few years later, well, let's legalize same-sex marriage. What could go wrong? Now we're seeing the results of those questions and those actions from years ago. And the, the key point with this organization that, yes, it's Christian services and adoption, but a large part of what they do is foster care, which... For an organization like this, they're going to be dealing with state governments all over the nation when it comes to counties, cities, all the municipalities and the states when it comes to foster care system because most children are wards of the state when they end up in the foster care system. And I don't know how many people realize that, but when we talk about foster care, that's part of a, generally that's part of a government system so in order to in in order for this bethany in order for them to keep working with state and local governments they basically were sued because they did not want to do what that state was telling them to do and like you pointed out they lost that battle and they started out and and caved and said okay we'll do it in michigan but you found some interesting 
things about their board and, and other mm-hmm. things that transpired from 2017 until now, th- that lawsuit paved the way and opened the door for them to embrace all of this. But, you know, like I pointed out earlier, Bethany is involved in more things than just pregnancy counseling, more than just adoption and foster care. They're also heavily involved when it comes to placement of refugees and children that are caught up within the whole immigration refugee thing. And one of Bethany's, I don't know if you'd call it client, but they work closely with the U.S. Immigration Department when it comes to placing children of refugees in safe, stable environments until whatever legal battle battle is going on, whether the parents are deported and the children end up in foster care or whatever. But in all of these different cases, when they're working with the government, they're being paid by the government or they're being paid by the state. So they're in cooperation. They're working with state and local governments in this endeavor, which if they claim to be Christian and they claim that they're doing the work of the Lord, that would be a spiritual endeavor, which the Bible tells us not to partake of a spiritual endeavor with a non-believer. So to me, that's one problematic thing that has opened these doors and led to what is going on with them now. Yeah. And on top of that, them claiming to be a Christian service and a nonprofit, that should be a cautionary tale for every person listening that is involved in a ministry or a church or anything else that has involvement with any form of government or secular organization, because you're going to, at some point in the near future, you're going to be hit with this. You're either going to be forced to close your ministry, find a different revenue source or compromise the word of God. Right. And sadly, besides the litigation and the influx of people that you're going to mention, you know, there's a monetary aspect of this as well as them wanting to you know help children granted it's a non-profit but people that work for that non-profit do receive a salary and that point cannot be missed when it comes to some of these discussions just like i told you in pre-show when it comes to the sbc it has grown so large and so big and branched out in so many different areas you have i don't know how many employees it has, but on the flip side of all this, there's still a money issue to be considered. And if Bethany had said, okay, we're not going to offer these services to the government anymore. We're going to stop doing business with the government. Not only would their income base shrink, but their reach would shrink. Their Mm -hmm. control power influence would shrink as well. And that's some of the more pragmatic problems within this. But Go ahead with with what you were going to share with us about. Yeah. Um, and j- just for clarification, j- just so folks understand, there because uh, I mentioned the f- the first article is dated 2019. That in 2019, Bethany basically said, "Okay, this 2017 lawsuit didn't work out well. We settled with the state of Mich- Michigan, and in Michigan, we will." maintain our presence there we will continue to do a, you know foster care child services do- adoption services 
and comply with the Michigan law. So this was in 2019. This was a local decision. You know, it was the the organization was dealing locally with Michigan. It now here at March 1st, 2021, it, this is now nationwide. So in case there's some confusion, the reason this is now brought back up after two years is Bethany has gone nationwide. They're going to just go, they're going to be out there with everybody. And so just to clarify how this all came down, um, let's see here. Uh, I got away from my, <laughs> where I was at on my screen. Um, they had an informal policy of basically adopt or referring people out if you were a homosexual couple and you came to adopt they didn't have a formal policy that would say send them to another agency but it was you know an informal policy of doing that and it was becoming increased as it says in the article the informal policy became increasingly challenging for the organization in recent years as various states and municipalities began requiring agencies to accept applications from lgbtq couples in order to maintain government contracts so places like michigan philadelphia etc were requiring you, if you were going to work with the government in these areas, you had to accept adoption applications from homosexual couples, LGBTQ couples, etc. So while it was an informal policy to refer someone to another agency, now you're faced with, well, if we want to maintain our government contracts, we can no longer informally refer, refer you out. And that's where these lawsuits were becoming the issue. So back in 2019 in Michigan, they say the Michigan office essentially will do exactly what Michigan wants. The rest, they continue to do it with their informal policy, but it's continuing to march forward. So now, fast forward 2021, they've decided we're just going to do this nationwide. We're no longer going to have this policy or this informal policy where we don't, uh, you know, we don't offer services to homosexual couples, LGBT home, LGBTQ homes, etc. We're going to just open the doors to everybody. So, as the New York Times article uh, states. Bethany's new approach is something of a tightrope act in an attempt to establish a clear, consistent policy of inclusion that does not rattle its core constituencies, including the churches that are at its that are its primary venue for recruiting parents. This inclusivity resolution passed in January eliminates the 2007 position statement on marriage between being one man and one woman. So they've passed a formal policy now that they will nationwide offer services to LGBTQ families. So why is this why is this an issue? Okay, so the policy was quietly approved by its 14-member national board on January 21st. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it states that Christians of mutual good faith, I'd love to know how they uh, you know define faith. Christians of mutual good faith can reasonably disagree on various doctrinal issues about which Bethany does not maintain an organizational position. So they eliminate the, their stance on marriage. They say, well, that's a doctrinal issue and we're not going to hold a position. Yet they're going to keep Christian on the sign and on their stationery. Okay, the board's vote was unanimous, but internal discussions have prompted a few, a, a, and they say in quotes, a few board members to depart since 2018. Now, mind you, 2019 is when they said in Michigan, we're going to uh, we're going to follow Michigan's rules, according. Uh, so 
a few board members have departed since 2018, according to Nathan Bolt, Bethany's senior vice president for public public and government affairs. Man, that's a title. Uh, He emphasized that the current board, okay, mind you, you've had board members leaving since 2018. The current board includes members with, quote, diverse personal views on sexuality, end quote. So Bethany, since 2018, has lost some of the people who probably were there back in 2007 that drafted that statement. They have left. They now have a new board of people who have a diverse set of views on sexuality. And in 2019, they caved to Michigan. In 2021, they say, we're going to make that policy nationwide. So, and then the article references how uh, agencies like World Vision tried to do this back in 2014. And within 20, 48 hours, they reversed course. Does anybody remember when that ha- that happened? World Vision says, "Oh yeah, we're gonna hire uh, same se- you know we're gonna hire in uh, you know homosexuals and and, and say and we're gonna recognize same sex marriages." And holy Toledo, the backlash was so bad that within two days they turned they reversed course and went, "Sorry, we we were wrong." Well, the interesting thing is that um, you know, uh, Pulus- Mr. What's his full name? Uh, Chris Pulusky who is the president, was an executive at World Vision at that time. So the current president was an executive at World Vision who back in 2014 took a butt-kicking from the Christian church when they said, we're going to begin hiring people in same-sex marriages. He's now the president and he knows how to ride this wave. So he now has to walk this tightrope and he knows how to handle this. And so... um, Back in 2019, you know, it says that the article references Bethany was disappointed in the mission requirement at the time, but Mr. Poluski also argued that becoming technically open to LGBTQ clients in a few locations would not significantly affect the organization's work. Over time, however, quote, it got to a point where it became really untenable to have this patchwork of practices, end quote, Mr. Bolt, the vice president, said. Bethany was ready and Christians are ready. And of course, then they refer to how there's been a change within the Christian church and polls, etc. In the the article finishes by saying, in the coming months, Bethany will offer training to all employees. Training. Now, this is interesting. They do not have doctrinal position about homosexuality, but they they will begin training, formal training, for its employees. Quote, we are opening the door to more families and more churches, Miss Jordan said. We recognize there are people who will not be happy. We may lose some donors. But the message we're trying to give is inviting people alongside of us. Serving children should not be controversial. Now, that are, and, uh, quote, uh, close quote. So what you have is a, an organization that has billed itself as Christian services that offers social services primarily in the area of dealing with children. And they are doing this because uh, they are sharing the love of Christ who have jettisoned the biblical position of marriage, who have claimed they no longer hold a doctrinal position and they're just going to go, well, y'all can agree to disagree. 
they are going they have gone from just having okay local agencies that have to be in these states where this rule exists those agencies will have to comply the rest of you can go back to our 2007 statement although we don't have a formal policy ah forget it scrap the whole thing let's start over Every, you know, we're we're opening the doors to everybody and oh by the way while we don't have doctrinal positions we will have training you will comply so that's what's going on with Bethany Christian Services is that uh, they have defined themselves as an organization that will basically adopt out to anybody and they're not going to hold the Christian name up as the the dividing line, so to speak, is to determine how they will do that. Does, does that kind of encapsulate the argument there, Rich? <laughs> oh, absolutely, brother. And to, to start with, at this point, they need to rip the name Christian out of their title and just be Bethany Services. I absolutely um, agree. It, we're, we're, we're at a point in time, and it's sad to have to say this, and most professing Christians that are sitting among the pews do not realize this yet, because you and I spend time reading and researching different things, different articles, different aspects, and doing things that, quote-unquote, most quote-unquote, normal people don't necessarily do and you're not exposed to unless you have a heavy presence online and, and these articles and things come across. But for the average professing Christian in a small rural community, probably have no idea about a lot of things that we discuss. Yeah. But one thing has become crystal clear that every professing Christian should realize at this point, you need to rip off that Christian label and you need to quit going by what it says and you need to start examining the content. It doesn't matter because so many organizations, so many ministries that will fly the banner of Christianity have departed so far from biblical Christianity. They are nothing more than a secular organization at this point. And this mm -hmm. is a prime example. And like I said before, and I want to stress again, more and more ministries, churches, organizations that claim to be Christian, even especially Christian businesses, are going to become faced with these situations more and more and more as time, you know, over time. Especially if this Equality Act passes, because this is this these types of fights are going to become normal when it comes to mission and and missionary type work and Christian organizations that is this is going to become normal. Yeah. And you know, we're gonna see more and more and more comp not companies but organizations compromise on the word of God in order to be able to continue to exist. Yeah. And you know all of this is a is prelude to the next portion. Yeah. They use the argument that we're caring for children, we're loving children. It's more loving to place a child in a bad situation with a homosexual couple than it is to leave that child in a bad situation. Now, there are plenty, we, we have listeners that are true Bible-believing Christian brothers and sisters that are foster care families. They provide homes for foster children. They're, they are solid, biblical, and good. Sadly, they are the exception, not the norm. And you can go online and read about the foster care system, especially in some of the larger cities, how bad it is that, you know, there's, there are too many children in a home that the children aren't getting provided for like they should. They don't get the nurturing. They don't get the care, the love, 
all of these things like they should. And the argument has become, well, it's better to take a child out of that bad environment or a potentially an abusive environment. It's better to take, remove that child from that environment, put it with the same sex, put that child with the same sex couple that will nurture that child, that will love that child, that will, you know, be nice to that child, will teach that child, that will, that will, you know, treat that child with the dignity and the care and human compassion that that child deserves. That is one of the biggest arguments when it comes to the issue of homosexuals adopting foster children because the foster care system is overloaded. You have more and more and more children being placed in foster care, you know, especially, you know, a lot of them come from a single parent home where the, the parent they have may be in jail, may be on drugs. They may have been mistreated and the state comes in and removes that child from their family and places them in foster care. There, there are numerous reasons why a child will end up in foster care. And one of the biggest arguments is, you know, putting these children in permanent homes with a stable environment, with a loving couple, that's more important. And that should take priority over leaving that child in a very, very abusive, bad situation. And that is the core argument within this. As Christians, yes, we know that we know the problems. We know what's led to this that when, when Christianity abandoned the principles of divorce back in the 70s and that became normalized, that led and created more and more problems. But, you know, regardless of what caused that problem, these are questions that we will be faced with today. And should a Christian support an organization that will place children in same-sex couples? No, that, that, that's pretty obvious but if you dig down deeper is there a gray area when a child's endangerment a child's health a child's welfare that is very very unstable that's in a very extremely bad situation would it be better to place that child in a home with a same-sex couple that will provide for that child do you see that as a gray area question I think it's one of those things where it's like you have a, it's a question where there's like a couple of issues going on. So what is, you know, it, can we simply reduce it down to, Hey, you've got this bad situation. You got this issue with foster care. You've got this issue of, uh, you know, unsafe home. And then you've got the issue of, is it right for a Christian organization to place children in a home that is defined by what the Bible would call sexual immorality? Okay, so you've got multiple issues going on there, and I don't know that we can reduce it to just a, well, isn't it better to put them there? Or isn't this a gray area? Because you have multiple issues going on. And so when you have an organization that tries to reduce it down and, and, and says, well, serving children should not be controversial, that's where they make this, in, they conflate multiple issues into one. 
And I think, I don't think you can just simply reduce it down that way. I mean, let, let's, let's start with the, the issue at heart. Okay. We, we have an, a, a service that has built itself as Christian. They call themselves Bethany Christian Services. Okay, they're not saying this is not Bethany Children's Services. It's not Bethany Social Services. Okay, if we were talking about a government entity, a secular entity, now you can probably conflate that question a little bit more. But when you say you are a Christian service, that means something. That name means something. If you are a group or an agency that calls itself Christian, then the tenets and beliefs of Christianity need to be your governing principles over everything you do. You, you cannot just abandon them. If you're going to call yourself a Christian organization, then you have to seek to follow what Christ commanded us to do. You know, I... I put up on our website today uh, just a brief article about biblical love because we we talked about on the show last week well you know Christianity is about love and you need to love and affirm people as they are which is a totally unbiblical concept and we know that because Christ tells us as I noted in the article if you love me you will obey my commandments so we are to go to the Word of God to understand what Christ has commanded us to do because if we love Christ and we want to call ourselves by His name, then we need to be obedient to His Word. So the very Word of God should be the basis for how you practice. If your beliefs and principles, which should be based on 2,000 years of Christian history, the, the very word of God itself, if they're not the basis for your organization, then you cannot call yourself Christian. As you said, Rich, take your name off the sign, pull it off the stationery, call yourself Bethany Children's Services, that's fine, but don't call yourself Christian. So take it off and call yourself something else. As we noted, they brought in over the course of the last couple, you know, couple of years, they've brought in people who know exactly what this looks like. World Vision got hit in 2014. They knew what they were doing. So they brought in people for their board with diverse views on sexuality. This has been going on. We've seen this kind of thing happen with Christian organizations before. You just slowly replace those who actually held to a biblical view with people who have diverse views, which then over time is suddenly progressivists and leftists, and suddenly you're not a Christian organization anymore, and you wonder why the name's on the stationery. So this happens. And the reason that they're doing this is that they don't want to lose face with the culture, and they certainly don't want to lose the government contracts. They see the handwriting on the wall. They go, well, we don't really want to base ourselves on the Bible anyway. So we're going to hold no doctrinal position. So that's the first issue. Is you, you have an agency that calls itself Christian and does not wish to hold to a Christian perspective. So now that the, the question you brought up, is this a gray area? Well, there's that quote, right? Serving children should not be con controversial. This is such a such, in my opinion, insidious rhetoric that it's designed to make you go, oh, uh, well, we are talking about children. It's it's meant it's a gut pull, it's a gut punch. It's made it may it's meant to make you feel terrible. How dare you, 
you know, it, it's kind of like, okay, it's Girl Scout cookie season, apparently. <laughs> I saw them at Walmart today. And some people will say, I don't want to support the Girl Scouts because they support Planned Parenthood, they support pro-feminist and anti-God uh, policies, and so I'm not going to buy the cookies. And what's the first thing everybody says? Oh, you're going to punish those girls? They're just trying to make their, you know, raise money for their troop. What is the reaction? It's not to deal with the objection. It's to deal with how dare you deprive these little girls. Why not we deal with the issue that the Girl Scouts are actually a, <laughs> a secular, humanist, atheistic organization? Why right? can we deal with that? But we don't want to do that. So we say, how dare you deprive these little girls? In the same vein... You've got, well, these children are being deprived, they, they are being neglected, they are being abused. And I'm going to say that that is a horrible, horrible thing, and we want to have that dealt with. Okay, so do not read anything I'm about to say into saying I don't care about the condition that these poor children are in. Okay, so the but the question becomes, is the need so, so overwhelmingly important that we can we can justify the jettisoning of Christian principles and the commands of Christ in an organization that calls itself Christian. Now, Rich, you and I would both agree that the first and greatest need of any person, whether you're adult, child, man, woman, whatever, is your, is your where you're going to spend eternity. Okay, apart from Christ, no one's going to stand before God in heaven rejoicing. We're all going to be condemned to hell. And I know, I know there's a debate about whether children and, and at a certain age, are they just kind of automatically, you know, sent to heaven? I, I, there are differing positions on that. So we're not getting, that's not an argument we're trying to make right now. Um, what I'm saying is apart from Christ, there is no salvation. Okay. Our, we are all condemned. Okay. We are all born in sin. We are sinners from birth. Apart from Christ, there's no salvation. So the greatest need we have is where are we going to spend eternity? Because whether you have five minutes in this world or 105 years, you're going to stand before God one day. And if Christ had not died to redeem anyone, the children would not even be saved. Okay? So we need Christ. That He is the first and greatest thing we all have need for. Because if your life is terrible, that still doesn't change whether you, uh, you know, it's not, a, it's, some, it's not some sort of thing where God goes, oh, you had a hard life, I'm going to go easier. You still are responsible for your sin, even if life is tragic for you. Okay? So that, that, and I want people to understand that this, the reason I'm saying this is that is the greatest need we all have. So we can do all kinds of things in this life to make life better for people. We can try to make it more comfortable. We can try to make it easier to live in. We can make it more pleasant. We can put people with good families. We can do all of those things and we can make life much easier, but it will not add in any way, shape or form, not one iota will it add to the ability to be saved? Because if a person has a wonderful life and had all the things they could have, all their life was going to be terrible, would be provided for every single thing, and then they die, they're still going to stand before God for judgment. Does that make sense, folks? Go ahead, Rich. Brother, that's absolutely true. And while you were talking, a thought popped into my mind. 
um, something you said earlier, you were reading from that article about Bethany seeking Christian families to place children with. I just have to wonder, and nothing's been said in the articles, and I didn't find anything on the website, but you and I both know that there are literally thousands of churches in the in the United States today that openly allow homosexuals to be members of their church. They embrace homosexuality. Some of these churches, you know, allow homosexual clergy persons, whatever mm-hmm. noun or pronoun you want to put on it. But, you know, I have to wonder, prior to them all just out and right nationwide LGBTQ, I have to wonder how many of these churches that are firm homosexuality has Bethany already been working with. Yeah. Because if you, if they're partnering partnering with a church that claims to be a Christian church that supports same sex whatever in 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 they have already betrayed the word of God mm-hmm. by partnering with these false churches and these false Christians. And and when they talk about reaching out to Christians to be foster parents, if they're reaching out to a heterosexual couple that affirms homosexuality, that's no different than placing a child in the home of a same-sex couple because both situations is a couple that professes to be Christian but yet lives in opposition to the Word of God. And in this situation with Bethany, first and foremost, like we've said two or three times, it's obviously clear they need to strip the word Christianity, the word Christian, from the title of their company or organization, and they they would be better off removing anything referencing faith or scripture because they are not a Christian organization. That should be abundantly clear at this point. And like I said, we're at a time in history where you can't go by that Christian label anymore. You're going to have to rip that label off and look at the fruit. You're going to, have to look at the contents that's inside that container or inside that organization and use some biblical discernment to tell whether they're actually following what Christ teaches, because that is the new norm. You know, anyone and everyone under the sun can proclaim to be Christian, and nothing is said unless they are biblical Christians. And then that's where the problem comes in, because the secular professing Christian has no problem with embracing homosexuality or any other of these sins. But you let someone be a biblical Christian and stand up and say, no, that's sexual immorality. The Lord forbids it. That's a sin. And the world's head will spin off and explode. Yeah. So, you know, ultimately, and I know that you were addressing the fact that Bethany claims to be a Christian organization, and obviously it is not, and that name needs changing. But hopefully we have caused some of the listeners to stop and think because when you get in some of these conversations and you hear some of these arguments, it's very easy to get swept away and think, well, yeah, I guess the welfare of that child is the most important Mm -hmm. thing. But the first question you need to ask is this organization claiming to be Christian yet supporting this? Versus, okay, is this a secular organization supporting this? And the fact that they claim to be a Christian organization makes me wonder, over the years prior to the issue of homosexuality, how have they dealt with other issues? You know, 
Were they allowing children to be placed in atheist homes? Were they allowing children to be placed in Buddhist homes? Were they allowing children to be placed in Catholic homes? Were they allowing children to be placed in Islamic homes? Because even then, if they were doing any of that, that's contrary to them proclaiming to be a Christian organization. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think that's one of the interesting things about the two different articles. The Christianity Today article points out that a the, uh, from a Barner research poll, which was around uh, from the article they re- reference, it's 2016. It says that practicing Christians have been twi- found twice as likely as the overall population to adopt, and 50 percent more likely to fa- foster. Now, if you're a Christian organization, who are you sh- who should be your primary people group to go to? It, it, Barner research says you're all, you know Christians are twice as likely as the general population. Practicing Christians, twice as likely to adopt, and 50% more likely to foster. Now, interestingly, the article from earlier this week in New York Times references a Williams Institute at UCLA School of Law report from also from 2016 that says faith-based agencies play a substantial role in placing children in new families. Meanwhile, more than 20% of same-sex couples with children have adopted have an adopted child, compared to 3% of straight couples. Now. I don't know what the breakdowns are because I didn't take time to go look into that article, but you guys can look into it if you'd like. But here's an interesting thing. The first thing they want you to see is that, oh, well, homosexual couples are adopting far more often. Why? Why are they adopting more often? They can't have children of their own. You 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 cannot have two women or two men produce a child. So if you want a family, you're going to have to adopt. And then compared with 3% of straight couples, they do not give you a total breakdown of what they mean by straight couples. Are they talking about Christians? Are they talking about the general population, etc.? I would love to have seen them break down Christian families as opposed to uh, that because the Barner research poll indicates Christians are twice as much adopting as anyone else. And when you take those kind of numbers and you indicate that the largest population of people to adopt and foster care are practicing Christians, you're talking literally millions of children going into Christian homes. So the idea that we have to now change practice because um, the, we, need, we need more loving homes, so to speak, I don't think holds water. I really don't think that holds water. And if you're a Christian organization, you've got a huge base of people to pull from. You don't need to expand out to those whom would be at odds with your Christian label, unless you have other reasons for doing so. So uh, that's that's uh, that's just delving a little bit off to the side, but a, a great point, Rich. So this issue of uh, I'm sorry, I think did you want to say something else? Well, I was just going to say that I still it makes me go back that word professing Christians and what sort of churches have they been reaching out to because ultimately if they've made a practice over the last decade of reaching out to homosexual affirming churches, you know, it's, it's not a far leap to go from that to actual homosexual couples. And, you know, I know this is completely nowhere on tonight's radar, but there also addresses the issue of the fact that adoption is way too expensive in this country. There's no reason why it should cost what it does to adopt a child. And that's another issue and another problem altogether. But, you know, ultimately it comes back 
down to the bare bones question, I think we have shown that, that no, this is not a biblical, true Christian organization. And more than likely, you know, just connecting the dots, they've been working with non-Christian churches. You know, I don't think American evangelicalism has quite grasped the concept yet that there's a huge difference between a professing Christian and a saved Christian. Yeah. And, you know, the first thing you get told if you question that, well, how dare you judge me? Well, guess what? If you actually read your Bible, if you profess to be a Christian, you're opening yourself up to be judged by fellow Christians because we're commanded to do that in the Bible. Yeah. Christ judged those outside the church. We're to judge those inside the church. I can't remember the scripture, but that is one of Paul's writings. Yeah. My mind went blank for a moment, <laughs> but um, which is a short trip. But ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, you know, Christians are going to have to wake up and wise up, especially those that are true biblical Christians that actually still believe that the Bible <laughs> is true, that everything in it is the Word of God, that no, we can't pick and choose what we like and don't like, and pick and choose what we believe and don't believe, and pick and choose what we adhere to and don't adhere to, which was basically last week's episode, and I think the one you referenced was two or three weeks earlier when it came to what is biblical love. Yeah. But that is the argument that is that is forming and is starting to be used more and more and more is that we've got to exhibit and show God's love for one another. We've got to show our love for these children by making sure that they're in safe, secure homes. The funny thing is with this particular, and not funny, but sad thing with this organization, nowhere, like I said, was a gospel presentation put on their website. Nowhere have I seen them mention about proclaiming the gospel. It's all been about, well, we've got to get these children out of this situation and into another situation. And what is it that I forget also where this is at, you know, if we, if we feed the hungry and clothe the poor without proclaiming the gospel to them, they're going to go to hell well-fed and warm. Yeah. But the gospel is the primary focus. Yes, we should do good works, but we do those good works while proclaiming the gospel to people that are not saved. Yeah. And I think that's when it comes back to it, like you said before, we're talking about a Christian organization. We're not talking about a secular organization. So it's a Christian organization. So a Christian organization should always be first and foremost concerned with the eternal state of those we encounter. That's That shouldn't act, be anything that is a shock to us in any way, shape, or form. It is the primary command of the Christian is to go forth and make disciples. We are to preach the gospel to every nation. That is what we do. That is the nature of the church. That's what we do. So, then by extension, because of the love we have for those who God has placed in our eyes, we commit acts of kindness. We reinforce our, the love that we've shown them by sharing the gospel, by the work we do in their lives. Okay, So the idea that our, the, the first concern of serving children for a Christian organization should be, that first concern should be that those children 
whom you believe are, are created in the image and likeness of God should be that you're placing them with people who would ra- uh, desire to raise them in the fear and admonition of the Lord. That should be your desire. That shouldn't be controversial. You are a Christian organization. The, the issue isn't serving children isn't controversial. The issue is if you are a Christian organization, why is it controversial for you to want to place them in homes that are reinforcing the word of God? That shouldn't be controversial. Okay? Now, secondly, but like right up at the top when it comes to these kids, like almost two sides of the same coin important are the needs of these children in this world. The kids in adoption and foster systems are not there by choice. They didn't say, I don't like this family, find me another one, okay? They've often been removed from homes because there's a question of fitness for their biological parents. Maybe it's drugs, maybe it's sexual abuse, maybe it's uh, just neglect, whatever. They got, or the, the mother's, a, a woman finds herself pregnant, she cannot care for the child, she could barely care for herself, she places the child up for adoption. Or some one of the worst scenarios, just, kids just abandoned. Has no one left alone out on the streets, whatever. These kids are not there because they chose to be. And in every one of those cases, that with, without any some kind of outside assistance, most of these kids aren't going to survive. You might have some that make it on, you know, survive barely survive on the streets. But reality is, most of these kids are not going to survive without help. So this is what, so when I said earlier, do not think that I don't care about these kids being placed in good homes that don't think that about me. This is what I mean. We recognize that this is a high priority issue. And that is why Christian adoption agencies have existed for a long time. That's why Christians adopt. That's why Christians create hospitals. That's why Christians do all of these things. Because we recognize the, de- the absolute desperate need. Okay? This is important. We want those children taken care of. It's like coming across a person who is having a heart attack. You have a high priority issue. You may have to administer CPR to save this person's life. That might not be the time that you hand them a gospel tract. You deal with that high priority temporal issue. And when that person survives, you, the next thing you should be right up there with is the gospel. God nearly, God nearly allowed your life to pass today. You need to be right with him. It's that important. So please understand when we say putting eternity at the top of the list, we're not ignoring the immediate and genuine need of those children. Because we're also saying we need organizations. The church needs to step in. The Christians need to get involved in these situations. And you're right, Rich, it's ridiculously expensive. The amount, the list of rules and the costs involved is absolutely ridiculous. 
especially when you have people in Congress who want to make abortion, the wholesale slaughter of children in the womb, free. It's absolute nonsense that we have a government that will basically put a Planned Parenthood on every corner so you can kill children at your leisure, but they make it impossible financially to be there to, to be involved in the lives of children who need families. This is ridiculous and that needs to change because they do have that need. But there are two sides, like I said, this is almost two sides of the same coin. You are a Christian organization. You want to care for the temporal needs of that child. You also need to be concerned about the child's eternal needs. Because if you just saved a man's life by performing CPR, the last thing you're going to do is give him a dose of poison so you can turn around and kill him. When we are talking about placement in a home, everyone wants to say, well, it's better to be in this home where these people will care for and show love toward and take them out of those hostile environments. Who cares if we're talking about homosexuality, LGBT, etc.? That's not the primary issue. Here, well, I'm going to argue that it is. And here's why. When you save a man's life and you offer him now the very thing that could kill him, you're not helping him at all. You're actually giving him the means by his own, to commit his own destruction again. So if it was a high-fat diet that nearly you know, stopped his heart, the last thing you want to do is hand him a Whopper, right? I mean, he just saved his life. We recognize that. We can do the math and go, this would be the worst thing to give him. Now we're talking about homes where sin is in full on display. Yes, before anybody gets up, gets up, tries to get up my nose and say, well, every family, there's sin in every family. There, there's, there's bad things that happen in Christian heterosexual marriages. You're right. Yes, there is. Not denying that. The issue isn't, however, is does sin exist in a home? They do, because that's why we are in need of Christ. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we need to study our Bibles. That's why we need to pray. That's why we need to go through sanctification. Absolutely, sin exists in the home. The question in, in this particular instance is you have a home which contains people who are shaking their fist at God and daring God to judge them by openly professing what he has called an abomination, professing it to be virtue. They are literally shaking their fist at God and saying, I dare you to call my, my, this union unholy. It is by definition an affront to God because God has said as, and for those of you who say, well, Jesus never said anything about homosexuality. Really? Have you not heard that God made them male and female at the beginning? Remember he said that? Christ affirmed the biblical definition of marriage. Marriage is between one man and one woman in a lifelong monogamous relationship. That's God's design. 
and Christ and affirmed sex, it. Go ahead. And sexual, sexual immorality is sexual relations outside the confines mm-hmm. of the marriage bed. Because I think it was Paul that said, let the marriage bed be pure and holy. Yeah. Was it not Paul that said that, or was it uh, Christ? <laughs> Don't make me look it up on the fly. Uh, but, I, you may be right. But either way, it's in the Bible. Yeah. And whether it was quoting Paul or Paul quoting Christ, it's all still from the Word of God, period. Yep. But sadly, all this accumulates to another issue that we won't go into tonight. But American Christianity is setting out to redefine what God has declared as sin. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the root problem within all of this. Because any person that proclaims to be a Christian, any building that proclaims to be a church, any man, or I guess in today, woman that proclaims to be a pastor or a preacher of the Word of God, has to adhere to the actual Word of God. Yeah. They can't decide for themselves, well, this is sinful, this isn't, this is sort of kind of, well, I can get away with this. It doesn't work that way. The Bible is the Word of God. God created everything. God is the one that determines what is sinful and what is not sinful. And whether you are a homosexual couple looking to adopt or you are a heterosexual couple living together, having sexual relations outside of marriage, guess what? Both of you are mm-hmm. guilty of sexual immorality. Amen. If And don't take my word for it. Go open the Bible and read it and learn it for yourself. Don't go to some blogger or, or someone that is just typing stuff to agree with you. Read the Word of God. Read a gospel proclamation. Read John 3.16, not 3.16, but read all of the chapter 3 of John and understand, especially, I think it's 3.36, without Christ, the wrath of God remains on you. That word remains is a very critical component, meaning without Christ, you are under the wrath of God. You're born under the wrath of God. Only Christ can save you from his own wrath, period. Amen. Amen. So we are talking about placing children, again, a Christian organization. What is our focus of this entire program? A Christian organization placing children in a home where sexual immorality is the very definition of that, quote, family. That is being practiced. Okay. God has something to say about that. Rich, you just said it. You know, and, and, and again, I'm going to say this again. Go to Matthew chapter 19, verse 4. Jesus responding to the Pharisees. Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So they are not, no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined, let the, let not man separate. So when being asked about marriage and divorce, Christ affirms God's design for marriage. Okay? So if you are a Christian organization and you are taking children who have had essentially everything taken from them and you're placing them 
You do not wish to, we do not want to compound the problem by putting them in a place where rebellion against God is on full display. Christ made it very clear. He said in Luke uh, 17:2, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the, into the sea that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Okay, uh, do we understand that? It is better to have a rock, a boulder tied to your neck and thrown into the depths of the sea than stand before God because you caused a little one to sin? Because when you put a child into a home where sexual rebellion against God is the is the defining characteristic of that group, and you say, these people will care for you, these people will love you, these people will be your family, what are you teaching that child? That that is not sin. It is the same as giving a man you just saved with, by, with, by CPR a pill full of poison and say, take this when you, know, when you feel better. It'll help you feel better. Okay? Now, to answer an obvious question, well, these people will, will provide for this child. These people will care about it. Can a can a couple, like a homosexual couple, an LGBT, excuse me, an LGBTQ family care in a worldly way for someone? Yes. Okay? They can provide for you. They can show care and kindness and by worldly definition, love. In fact, there may be even times when that, that, that family will, in by the world's definition, provide a more stable, caring living environment than the, than the heterosexual couple that that child came from. You're absolutely right. On the surface, in every way, that may seem like the most preferable thing to do because at least the child will be healthy and emotionally stable, maybe, because that's a lot to go through. And I'm not talking about going into the family. I'm talking about separation from where you came from. Stable living environment, a home, school, medical care, food, emotional stability. It sounds wonderful by a worldly standard. By a worldly standard. That family may never even lay a hand on that child. They may do nothing but teach the child to be respectful, to listen to people, to engage in sound conversations. They may teach them all those things. So some people will look at that and go, wow, that's, that's a much more preferable environment than, than putting that kid back in a hostile living environment or letting them be on the streets. And I get that argument. I get it. But the issue is this, Christ made it clear in his word that when we teach and model sinful, rebellious behavior, we're teaching them to, and leading them to sin against God. We are committing a grave sin worthy of greater judgment. When Christ says it would be better to be drowned in the depths of the sea, he is telling you something about the judgment that is coming for those who lead children to sin. And when you put a child in that environment, 
and say, this is your family. Do you really think that that child's going to grow up going, you know what? I know God said that what the, the, that my mom and mom or my dad and dad are doing are sinful. And um, I, 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 have to, I have to hate that they're doing that, but I love that. No, He's going, he or she is going to see that existence as being perfectly normal. And then when you or I, Christian, share the gospel with them, you know what they're going to do? How dare you condemn my parents? These people took me in. They cared for me when my family would, would, would let me die on the streets. Do you see the problem? We are building into this child the normalization of what God has called an abomination. Nobody wants these children to suffer, to be in abusive homes, to be neglected, to left to die, or left on the streets. Nobody wants that. But we, as Christians, have a dual care issue. We cannot simply say that the only thing we need to be concerned about is the, is the placement in a stable home. We don't have that luxury. A secular, non-religious organization, sure, they can do that all day long. Because they don't have to worry about eternity. They will. When each one of them steps out of this life and stands before God, they will. But we as Christians don't have that luxury. We were bought with a price. Christ sent someone into our lives to proclaim the gospel to redeem us out of the world. How dare we even think that we can form an organization, slap Christ's name on it, and reject him, and reject his commandments, and set children on a path of rebellion against him by normalizing what he himself has said is sinful. This is not an issue of just differing doctrinal issues. That's what Bethany Christian Service would, would say. Well, the, everybody has different doctrinal understandings. No, this is, we're not talking about infant baptism versus believer's baptism here. We're talking about placing in a home where the practice that is normative of that home is actually an abomination to God. It is the very basis of their family is to rebel against God and it's done publicly. And we're going to place a child there and say, this is normal for you because it's going to protect you. Bethany is saying they're willing to place children in homes in which sexual immorality is normalized and it's called virtuous and they're willing to do that. Those children are going to be taught that God's commands are not to be heard and believed. The Christian organization that put me here does not really worry about what God's word has to say. They're going to be raised to stand in rebellion to God and believe that the homes that they were raised in are perfectly normal. And then they're going to hear a Christian say, homosexuality is a sin. And that person is going to have, you know what? I don't want your God because your God hates my family. Is now more clear why we say a Christian organization cannot do this? 
to quote R.C. Sproul, the late R.C. Sproul, what's wrong with you people? We don't know who God is. That was his quote. And that's the problem. Bethany Christian Services, you're right, Rich, needs to yank Christ's name off their building. Because they don't know who God is. What you got to say, Rich? Well, I was just going to say, in closing, as we do each week, whatever you do this week, make it a point to proclaim the gospel at least once a day. But as you go forth, especially if you are a professing Christian, you need to be far more concerned about offending God than man, because man will not be judging you for the rest of eternity. God will. Amen. Amen. Folks, I know this is a tough t- uh, subject. I, I, not one that I like to get into. Believe me, I I know people who are homosexual. I don't like to get into these discussions online at all because I know that those friends that know I'm a Christian, who know what I believe, believe me, they know, that's like kind of just putting the raw meat out sometimes. I don't like these kind of discussions because it's not that I'm, I'm a, uh, afraid of what I believe. I just know that it invites a lot of pushback. And sometimes you're not going to change people's minds and that all you can do is witness, share the truth, and, and leave it to God. So believe me, this wasn't a topic that I was thrilled to get into, but it, it was necessary. It's a tough subject. And there's that gut response that says, but they're children. We, we got to do something. Somebody please think of the children. Right? We are thinking of the children. Believe me, we're thinking of the children when we make this show. And we're thinking about Bethany Christian Services, who is betraying the very name they have put on their building because they don't want to lose the contracts. They don't want to lose face. And it's just easier to acquiesce than it is to stand firmly on the word of God and say, here I will stand, I can do no other. Because doing that costs. Well, Christ had something to say about that too. He said, count the cost. Christians, we are in a day where Places like Michigan and, and Philadelphia and, well, even up in Canada. you know, The government is finding ways to do an end run around religious freedoms. They're pigeonholing Christianity into this, it's the four walls of your church and nowhere else. And if you act in any way outside of the predefined sphere, sphere where we consider that re- religious liberty, well, we're gonna our public policies are gonna take precedence, and what they're doing is they are shaving away at the very foundations of Christian liberty, until really all we have left are these thin, thin like like toothpick thin supports that they have said that's that 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 barely barely holding on structure. That bi- those razor-thin pillars on which your freedom stands. That's it. That's all you get to have. We can define by changing the rules on everything how, how you get to practice. And that's what Michigan did. 
It said, you can have a Christian organization, but you got to do things our way. And you know what? There's some Romans 13 folks out there would say, well, they have to obey because the government said so. I, you you want to know why I know that? Because some of you still think James Coates belongs in jail. It's another topic for another day. Religious freedom is on the thinnest of supports. And all it's going to take is one little flick of a finger and those razor-thin pillars of support are going to come crumbling down. And all you who sit there and go, well, you know, we need to obey the government, you're going to wonder where, where your freedoms went when the police come in and start arresting people because you didn't have the government's approval to meet that day. Or your your Christian-run business didn't hire a... You know, your, your Christian-run organization didn't hire homosexuals. Or your church preached against, you know, preached uh, what they call hate speech. It's coming. And there are too many places like Bethany Christian Services that will absolutely pave the way for that to come. And that's what happened here. So it was important that we talked about this because this is one of those gut-wrenching topics that if you stand firmly on the word of God, you are going to seem like such a terrible meanie. But we have to. God's word defines what and who we are. Not the emotional heartstrings that the world throws at us. Folks, think about this. And even if you think we're wrong, then you go to the word. Don't go, as Rich said, don't go to a blog. Don't go to somebody's video. Don't even worry about my our podcast. Don't think anything about what I'm saying. Go to the word of God and spend time there. And don't go in with a presupposition as how can I def- make this, uh, you know, work it in the favor of the, the, t- the way I want it. But rather, what does God say? And then inform your thinking. Be a Berean. Be a Berean. Go to the Word of God. See if these things be true. Because that is what this program has always asked for. For nearly five years, we have asked you to do that. Go to the Word of God because that is the only lens that matters. Unlike Jory Micah, who we talked about last week, who thinks it's basically useless and her intuition's better. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being with us this week. Uh, thank you for being with us for over an hour and a half. This was There was a lot to cover on this. Um, I, I pray, and I know Rich prays, that this causes you to think. More than anything, we pray that it causes you to think. So thank you for being with us. Thank you for hanging in there. If you find this program useful, share it with someone. If you believe that we are doing something that is helpful to the body of Christ, pray for us. Support us that way. Pray for us. Pray that God would always continue to make it possible for this to work. AT&T basically tried to shut Rich out and canceled internet completely in his neighborhood. Praise God for cell phones because that's what he's on tonight. Um, like I'm not joking, folks. He has no zero internet, no no internet at all. They shut him out. Um, they basically don't want to service his area anymore. <laughs> so, um, 
It's what you get for living in the middle of nowhere, Rich. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But pray that God would continue to keep the program running somehow, always. Um, You know, uh, somebody was asking, I don't, I didn't get to tell you this, Rich, but somebody was asking about, uh, they saw the VOR mug of a picture uh, that I, that, I, I, that I had out today w- with my Bible and said, oh, you guys should sell those to raise money. And it's like, um, or, you know, do some sort of crowdfunding. And it's like, well, we, we've put that thing out there and, you know, nobody signed up yet, which is fine. You know, it, it, this isn't dependent upon crowdfunding. That's not what I was going to say. What, what I told her was that because she was like, well, you know, she didn't have money to help us and I wasn't asking her to. And I said, don't worry about it. Th- th- I'm not going to ask you to. This program has been on the air for nearly five years because of God's grace. And if God allows it, we'll continue to stay on the air. So if you can do anything for this program, pray for us that God will just keep us going. And that we can always do what he's given us the ability to do and that we be faithful in doing it. That matters more than anything. We could be the, one of the highest rated shows in the world and if we weren't being faithful, then I would want God to shut us down. So pray that we can do it and pray that we always remain faithful, that we never chase numbers, but that we always seek to be godly and honoring him and seeking to edify the saints. So if you ever want to do anything to support us, that's the most important. And if there are other ways you want to support, go listen to last show because I told you guys I'm not going to bring it up a bunch. Thank you. Really appreciate you guys' being with us. This week... Whatever you do, as my brother said, go do it for the glory of God. And as he always says, go out there and find someone to share the gospel with. Because the days are shortened and they're dark. And this is only just beginning. I think it's going to get a lot worse. But God is faithful. He is sovereign and he is in control. So, knowing that and knowing what he's done for you, Go share the gospel with someone this week. God bless you guys. Good night. We'll see you next time.